The following podcast contains bad language. Not bad at language, like Trump's lawyers. Bad language, like naughty words. Cover your ears, I guess. Hello and welcome to episode 313 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Uh, Today on the show, we had um, a logical reasoning question. We had, it was a flaw question. We had an email with some updates about ProctorU issues uh, on security the most recent protocols. Yep. Security protocols. We had a bit of a overly uh, officious, over overly officious ProctorU officious. proctor. What's that mean? Yeah. Studious. One no officious, like wanting to officiate. Oh. Um. You know, kind of go, well. Word. Yeah. Officious, yeah, go, going out of their way to exercise what limited power they have. Every once in a while, you're just gonna get a proctor who considers themselves to be part of the, you know, national security council. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like they, they, you know, you know the type. Yep. The the hotel security guard who couldn't quite qualify to be a cop, but wants to be a cop, and is just gonna get up your ass for nothing that type of person okay. they're they're out there and uh, some of them work for proctor you <laughs> anyway um then we did a whole bunch of personal statements we did four more personal statements um overall i would say the the personal statements were better written on average than the ones we've done recently on the show Sure. yeah um like they were all in the b plus range writing sure. wise yeah style wise um, mm-hmm. style wise Content wise, there there were some problems. Yep. Including a very unnecessary four paragraph story about feral cats. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> that uh, we do not need to hear about. But anyway, that's uh, later in the show. Um, you can. Uh, oh, but this uh, this episode is going to air on Monday, August thirtieth. Uh, that means that the October LSAT registration deadline has passed. The next registration uh, deadline is uh, September 29th. That's the registration deadline for the November LSAT. Um, one last thing before we get into the content of the show. I hope you'll come to my October 21, uh, October 2021 LSAT study group uh, that is Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. All you need is a demon-free account, and you can come ask me whatever questions you want live on Zoom. All right, let's dive in. Great. All right. Uh, you want to dive into this logical reasoning question? Let's do it. Cool. I'll tell you what. I'll read it to you. Okay. I'll let you respond. I'll try to shut up. This is from Test 73, Section 2, Question 13. A reformer says a survey of police departments keeps track of the national crime rate which is the average number of crimes per 100,000 people any thoughts there would you stop would you think about that at all um really quick you said average but it says annual oh annual sorry the annual <laughs> the average number of crimes per no yes okay the annual number of crimes per 100,000 people Okay. That's the national crime rate, according to this reformer. Um, all right. So they're going around asking all the police departments how much 
crime there is going on. And they add that all together and they figure out how many people are in the nation. And they say, how, how many crimes per 100,000 people are there each year? And I guess that, that makes sense on some level. But when I see the word survey on the LSAT, there's a part of me that like perks up and says, wait a sec, a survey? Um, that's not the same as saying this is the annual number of crimes. It's a survey, so could there be some disconnect between those results and the actual number? Yeah, well, and who are they surveying here? Police departments, yeah. Okay, and do we trust police departments? They, have, they may have some motive to say why the crime rate is higher or lower than it actually is. Yeah, this is a total side note, but I mean... I just was reading this news story about um, police departments claiming that they had that cops are like passing out on the street because they got close to fentanyl. Have you have you read this Mm-mm. or seen anything about this? No. It's apparently a hundred percent bullshit. It's apparently like totally fiction, but it's been picked up by a lot of news networks because they just like without thinking just parrot whatever anybody official says right sure. yeah so yeah it's this <laughs> it's they they don't know exactly what really does cause it but there there's like been these stories in the news of like oh no these cops they were they had to hand they got in the in the vicinity of mm. these drugs and then immediately like passed out and had to be revived um okay as if they had od'd just from like touching or get or even being like close to these drugs Hmm. and don't get me wrong the drugs themselves are like a huge problem and the vast (laughs) majority of cops are good but it's also not possible according to the people who like work with heroin and fentanyl all the time the like people who work in like treatment facilities and stuff sure they're like, no, that's not, it does not. <laughs> if that were the case, then like this should be happening all the time to everybody yeah. and it doesn't. And so it's just, t- anyway, the point of my story is um, we don't, we don't see police departments here and immediately go, oh, fuck the cops. Like that's not, that's not what we're doing. But what we are doing is saying, oh, really? That's how you found your, you got your data by surveying police departments. Yep. Okay, like just noted, and they have reasons to either over-report or under-report potentially. Yeah, no, it's not saying they did. Just saying it could be. There's yeah. Anytime there's a survey, even if there's not a motive to over-report or under-report, there's this slight disconnect between the actual numbers, which the LSAT can give you. They can say, "Hey, here's the actual number," or they can do this other thing, which they're seems like they're about to do now, which is yeah. give us a number from a survey, which is different. And that's just true in life it's, too. It's common sense, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's, there's also like a bit of a, of a um, writing tip here or an advocacy tip here, mm-hmm. which is just like, be careful what detail you share. They didn't have to cite the source of their data. Sure. They could have just said recent studies. The annual crime rate is the average 
or sorry, the annual number of crimes per 100,000 people. Yep. And here's what that number is. But instead they included, here's how we got that data, Mm -hmm. which then the nat, you know, the skeptical reader is going to immediately start thinking about the other side of your story using your own, you know, information. Like we only have the information you've provided. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful what information you choose to provide. Yeah. Anyway, um, second sentence. So let me start over since we had a five minute digression there. Reformer says a survey of police departments keeps track of the national crime rate, which is the annual number of crimes per 100,000 people. The survey shows no significant reduction in the crime rate in the past 20 years, but the percentage of the population in prison has increased substantially and public expenditure on prisons has grown at an alarming rate. Okay. I'm just trying to understand the information. The crime rate, at least according to the survey, hasn't gone down. So we're having, at least according to the survey, the same amount of crime. But the percentage of the population in prison has increased substantially. So I'm just going to stop right there. I mean, the sentence goes on, but I'm thinking to myself... All right, so maybe the crime rate actually has gone up, um, or it has, or actually, <laughs> maybe it's gone down. I don't know. There's like some sort of connection between the crime rate and putting people in prison, right? Or maybe people are just more aggressive, or governments are more aggressive about putting people in prison who before just wouldn't go to prison. But I, I you know, I, I can see that they're trying to make a connection between that and the crime rate, but. Uh, it's still like okay and then it says and public expenditure on prison ha- prisons has grown at an alarming rate well there's so many reasons why that could be the case one obviously cuz the number of people in prison maybe has gone up and but two maybe you just spend more money on prisoners i, I don't know maybe yeah like covid could have made prisons cost three times as much as they did before exactly Exactly. Right. Or any anything could have the prison guards union could have negotiated a crazy increase in pay mm-hmm. or the pensions of the prison guards could have gotten out of control. Like, who knows? Like there's a million different things. Yeah. So what you're doing there is just, you know, you're thinking around the edges. Yep. Right. Like you're accepting as a fact that the survey shows no significant reduction in the crime rate. Mm-hmm. But you immediately said, well, but it could have stayed the same, right? Like saying there's no significant reduction. Actually, you, you could you could say, well, oh, but it, did, it could have gone down a little bit. Yeah. That's just not a significant reduction. What's a significant reduction? So it could have actually gone down mm-hmm. or it could have stayed the same. Also, the survey shows this. And we might have reservations about the survey in the first place. Now, we're not arguing that the sur- the survey shows what the survey shows. The issue is whether But it's the right. survey could be <laughs> bullshit in the first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Anyway, so you're thinking around all the edges, and then they get to their conclusion. And it says, this demonstrates that putting more people in prison cannot help to reduce crime. Now, what do you think? Ooh. <laughs> okay. So at this point, I'm like, well, even if all these things are true and... The crime rate really has not gone down. Let's let's even give them the benefit of the doubt and say it hasn't gone down at all. Yep. Um, and the population in prison has gone up. Yep. 
I'm still like, uh, yeah, maybe putting all those people in prison kept the crime rate from climbing, right? So this claim that this demonstrates that putting more people in prison cannot help reduce crime, yeah, well, maybe it would have been higher, but it reduced it down to what it is now. So even if I grant everything you've said to me, this argument sucks, and it often sucks when the author is so definitive, right? This demonstrates that. Like, there's no recognition. Yeah, and the cannot help to reduce crime. Mm. The reformer is also open to when because of that conclusion cannot help people or sorry cannot help to reduce crime a f- totally fair retort would be well in a different country or a different situation it could totally have happened opposite yeah this is one like in survey a, for one country. like last year mm-hmm. or next year or in our neighboring country or with a different administration or like this the conclusion is so broad even though it's only based on apparently one country over the last 20 years but the conclusion is cannot help to reduce crime yeah okay uh the question it turns out to be a flaw question it says a flaw in the reformers argument is what so what's your uh rubric for solving a flaw question what are you trying to do well if i hadn't noticed any flaws in the argument before reading the question and then I read the question I would definitely be going back and trying to figure out what that flaw is here I did figure out at least one flaw and I was like hey for all I know the prime rate could have been higher but this kept the prison rates or the prison putting people in prison prevented it from going up so it did reduce crime so that's the the main thought I'm keeping in my mind and I might find myself just restating that briefly before I go into the answer choices. So I'm focused on that particular thing, even though I already just figured it out, just so I don't forget. And then as I read these answers, I'm going to ask myself, okay, is this describing exactly what happened in the passage? Yes or no. And if it's no, then it's wrong. And even if it did describe exactly what's happening in the passage, is that a problem? Because sometimes it just describes something that happened, but it's no big deal. So I'm, I'm really looking for something that happened and is problematic. Yeah. Another way of saying that is, did they do it? Did they do it? Wrong. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Merge those two questions into one. Yep. Right. Did they do it? And it's wrong yep. that they did that. Yep. So it's like, yep, I know for sure. I can stand up in court and I can say, yep, they did this thing. It's in the record. They did this. Yep. And it's dumb that they did it. Yeah. Which should be predictable, right? should be related to uh, most of the time. It's going to be related to one of your objections. Exactly. And and these arguments can be flawed in more than one way. Often they are. Um, Sure. The the other thing about these answer choices and reasoning questions, all five answer choices are describing something that happened in the passage. Or they're attempting to. Um, Some of them don't, obviously. But they use words that a lot of people shy away from because they're abstract. And you want to make sure that whatever word you're looking at in the answer that you ultimately choose, you can tie it back to something concretely in the passage, right? Like it is referring to something in the passage. If you can't, if you're like, I don't know what the justification or the claim um, is referring to, 
then you can't prove, like you just said, you can't stand up in court and say, aha, yes, your honor, yep. here's where each of these words ties back to something in the passage. Because that's yeah, what they're going to be I just, let's, let's be clear, though. We're only going to do that on the answer that we're actually going to pick. Like, what I mean is, we're not going to go in and try to match up each piece of A and then go through and try to match up each piece of B. No. We're not going to do that because there's only one right answer and the four wrong answers are just not going to match up and it would take us forever. Like you're only going to do that for the one that you're about to vouch for, right? The one that you're, before you stand up in court and say, yes, your honor, the reformer did this thing. Mm -hmm. That's when you're going to be able to, you're, you're going to have to be able to vouch for every bit of that answer choice. Yeah. Well, oftentimes too, in the wrong answers, right? As soon as you start reading it, if you can't see how that piece of the answer choice refers back to anything in the passage, it's over. That's why it's wrong. Yeah. So you, you can be yeah. done. You're just like, well, I, right. it doesn't tie back to anything, so right. I'm out of here. At least until you read all five answers and don't like any of them. Then sometimes you have to get into the weeds a little you bit more. But yep. on the first read through, you're like looking for reasons to dismiss the wrong answers because yep. four out of five answers are wrong. Okay, so a flaw is A, did it infer without justification that because the national crime rate has increased, the number of crimes reported by each police department has increased? Okay, I would say I'd probably be done with that answer choice when you got to the comma. Yep. Because it says, infers without justification that because the national crime rate has increased. I'm like, it, it never made that claim that the national crime rate has increased. It just said it did not decrease significantly. Or what did it say? It says, yeah, no significant yeah. reduction in crime. So it's like, wait, never said that. So that doesn't exist. I'm out. I don't think I'd finish yeah, reading it, it. It simply did not present that as a premise of the argument. So yeah. whatever came after the comma there is definitely going to be wrong. B, ignores the possibility that the crime rate would have significantly increased if it had not been for the greater rate of imprisonment. Okay, this is pretty much what I predicted. It does ignore this possibility. This answer choice isn't saying that that definitely happened. It just says, hey, look, there's this possibility that the crime rate might have significantly increased if it hadn't been for this imprisonment stuff. And the argument did ignore that. So I would say this is the answer. So now, but just because they did it doesn't mean that that's the answer. Did they True. do it wrong? But this is a problem too, right? I mean, ignoring this possibility raises a big gap in the argument. It's like if someone raised their hand and said, hey, yeah, but the crime rate would have gone up significantly. Now, all of a sudden, the author, the reformer, is going to have to start scrambling to justify his conclusion. Yeah, it would be a good objection to make to say, hey, wait a second, how do you know that the crime rate wouldn't have been twice what it is if it wasn't for all of these bad guys that were putting in prison? Yep. So they ignored that possibility, and that possibility is totally relevant to their argument, so it's a problem that they ignored that possibility. And that's going to turn out to be the answer, I'm sure. C says, overlooks the possibility that the population has increased significantly over the past 20 years. Um, it, it doesn't actually talk about that. 
So I could say, yes, it's overlooking or ignoring, which is the same thing. It's overlooking this possibility, but I don't really care because we talked about the percentage of people who are in prison and the crime rate, which is the number of crimes per 100,000 people. So I don't care about absolute numbers. I only yeah. care about ratios. Ignores the possibility or overlooks the possibility is a really low bar. Um, they overlooked many, many things, right? Yep. They overlooked infinite things. They overlooked the fact that the <laughs> Oakland A's are a cool baseball team. My you know, favorite they, growing up. The A's are pretty sweet, dude. Um, so they overlooked they overlooked lots of things. But but is it a problem that they overlooked it? Mm-hmm. Here I would say, well, it's not a problem that they overlooked it because they were citing crimes per people. They were talking about crime rates. Yep. So who cares if the population went up or down? D, presumes without providing warrant that alternative measures for reducing crime would be more effective than imprisonment. Okay, it does not presume and anything of this nature. It, it, it's, it's saying that, look, prison doesn't work. That doesn't mean that this person has to simultaneously claim that something else would be better. The person could go on and say, well, yeah, Putting people in prison doesn't work. And by the way, no, nothing works. So we're just fucked. Well, yeah, you're you're allowed to make an argument that is limited to just what you said. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't automatically then have to be solving the problem. You're allowed to say this is a, we can't get out of this. Yep. Or at least you're I mean, that, that's not what the reformer said either. Right. The reformer just said putting people in prison can't work. Yep. That doesn't mean that they have to have a better solution. So um, E then starts with takes for granted. So it takes for granted that the number of prisoners must be proportional to the number of crimes committed. Um, it doesn't. So it takes for granted means necessarily assumes. Does it have to assume that the number of prisoners must be proportional to the number of crimes committed? There was this like... Um, so it's almost like it felt like the argument was alluding to this possibility that there's this connection here, but it does not have to be proportional, which means as one goes up, the other one definitely goes up in proportion. So I would say it's just too strict. I'm I'm not really going to get into it more than that because I would just say it doesn't have to be that exact. So I'm out. Yeah. So here we, we do need to do like a kind of a PSA about the difference. Students misunderstand all the time, ignores the possibility or overlooks the possibility versus presumes or takes for granted. So B and C each said ignores the possibility or overlooks the possibility. Whereas D and E said presumes without providing warrant or takes for granted those are two totally different things what's the difference the big difference is uh what you were just explaining about overlooks the possibility or ignores the possibility you said that was a really low bar right yeah. like vast the vast majority of arguments are going to ignore the thing that's about to be discussed yeah, you're ignoring everything you didn't <laughs> explicitly say yeah so you're ignoring many things yep whereas um with D and E, when it says presumes or takes for granted, that's a really high bar. 
because it's very rare that arguments have to make these assumptions. So in most cases, these answer choices, if they end up being wrong, are wrong because it was not an assumption that was required by the argument. And when they say presumes or takes for granted, they mean necessarily assumes. It is something that the argument yeah. had to assume. If they didn't have to assume it, then the author could always say, no, no, I didn't presume that. So peace. Right. It means the author must agree with this thing. So does the author have to agree that the number of prisoners must be proportional to the number of crimes committed? I mean, the evidence that they presented seems to counter that anyway, right? They yeah. said there was not an increase in the crime rate, but there was a big increase in prison population. What evidence? That's that's the opposite of proportional to you know, crimes and prisoners being proportional, if, yeah. not according to that data. Exactly. If anything, that's what the conclusion is saying. Uh, Great. Imprisonment doesn't matter. Okay. So the answer here is B. Um, the, they, they did it wrong, right? You could, you could stand up in court and say, well, yeah, they ignored the, this possibility. Mm -hmm. And this possibility is a problem for them. What if it were true that the crime rate would have significantly increased if it had not been for the greater rate of imprisonment? Your data could be showing that prison works because of that possibility. And you ignored that, which is a problem. And that's the answer. Yeah. Cool. All right. We have one email and then we're going to dive into some personal statements. Uh, this is coming from Ashley. Uh, you want to read it? Sure. Hi, Nathan. Just wanted to share rant a bit. I took the August LSAT yesterday. Proctor U has so many security. That's <laughs> scare quotes around scare security. Quotes. Security <laughs> yeah. protocols making me pull up my sleeves to show my wrists, yelling at me when I, I was drawing. Oops, sorry, this got cut off. When I was drawing my diagrams because I was so focused, I forgot to keep my forehead to chin in front of the camera. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Making me lock the door to my room. Okay, those are a few of the things, but a couple of serious issues. Number one, they make you rip up your scratch paper on camera, but no minimum shred, shred requirement. I could easily, I never would, just retape it back together and bam, there you there are the templates for the games. Okay, number two, they cite the articles from the reading comp at the end of the test. And the citations stay up on the browser even after the proctor leaves. I could have easily written this down and found the articles. One was in a pretty major newspaper. I'm surprised that they're providing that. I'm enjoying the podcast, Palooza, personal statement segment you guys are doing on now. Thanks for continuing to help us. Yeah, no problem, Ashley. Um... That's interesting. Reactions? <laughs> I mean, it's just funny. Like, it just, it makes me laugh how they're, they're so, they're like weirdly so focused on these nothing issues. I mean, like, yeah, the shredding of the scratch paper is the biggest joke. That's just like so, so dumb. 
Yeah. Not that it matters. You're like, your test is over. <laughs> but well, that is funny. What am I going to do like, with this ripped up piece of paper, Ashley? <laughs> I can't well, it, d- decipher the games from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, I'm, I haven't looked because I don't look at like Reddit, but I'm sure that on Reddit, like there's just all of the, or wherever, I'm sure that you could just immediately see full solutions for the games because people have their scratch paper. Um, yeah. You know, oh, you have to shred it on camera. Like it's so hard to just pick up another piece of paper off your desk and sh- shred it. Up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just the and then, <laughs> yeah. Then the fact that they're citing these articles and then leaving the citations up, it, it just they don't. I don't know. There's a lot of instances where it seems like they're just not. It's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing or something. I don't know. They just... Yeah, there's someone in that organization who's so concerned about copyright <laughs> infringement or something that they feel the need to cite the source of the article. I mean, people didn't normally see that, right? Back in no, the there paper were days. in the paper. Yeah, in the paper booklet. There, remember there was. Like I do that remember page that it of... was at the end, right? But would you even yeah. see that while you were taking the test? It didn't seem like. I mean, I guess you could flip to that page, but. Actually, I, I don't were... know that it was even in the the, the actual test booklet. I don't feel like I it was. It. Not, yeah. <laughs> they, they feel obligated to cite the source. But then, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it does so seem silly. like a huge advantage, right? Like you could read up on the thing and just be like, okay, now I'm comfortable with these terms or this topic. Oh, yeah. If you, I mean, because the test is happening across multiple days. Yep. So if you posted the citation to the original article, then other people taking the test three days later could definitely just have already read the article. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be clear, these articles are often rewritten by LSAC. Right. So um, it's not like you could depend on that information, but it doesn't hurt to be more comfortable with the subject matter. Yeah. Heavily, It could be heavily redacted slash even changed, right? Yep. I mean, they could just change the facts if they wanted to include other stuff omit a bunch of stuff they could change it a lot but i mean the, none of this is like if you're trying to game the lsat you're doing it wrong you don't need to game the lsat you need to read it carefully and understand it you need to get good at the test then you don't need to do like gimmicky bullshit like i want to find out on reddit what the games are before the test i mean you yeah. just don't need to do that if you get good at the test um the only gimmick we uh, endorse is me hiding under your desk. <laughs> yeah, if Ben is under the desk giving you the answers, then that's that's one thing. But if, but any other than that, you don't need any of these gimmicks. I it, I also it's funny that Ashley, you know, she happened to get this one proctor, who, you know, I, sometimes you get people who are just they consider themselves to be the tip of the spear. Yeah, in the war against Cheating. whatever, <laughs> yeah. the war against you know, why do they hate freedom so much? You know, like those type of people who, who just like they're gonna do ultra security guard mode, mm-hmm. exercise every last bit of their power. Um, I find it creep creepy though that they were making her roll up her sleeves. That's weird. What do you I mean? Guess... Roll? You want me to show my skin to you? Fuck you. <laughs> I, think, I think they were worried about maybe like 
smart watches but even then how oh, the heck, dear god how would that help you it's just if you wanted to do whatever you could cheat in a million ways there's not yeah. it's not like it's not you control your own room you could They're, easily have uh, just set your phone on your desk after you scan the room i mean gosh there's so many ways it's it's yeah. just uh it's ridiculous how you could easily have cameras set up you know the nanny cam in the in the teddy bear or in whatever the teddy bear, yeah, you can't i mean they can't you they don't know that you don't have a camera in, in <laughs> i don't know it's just so stupid well this anyway. is why like why what's the name of those play those testing centers i always forget the name i think it's called sylvan sylvan I I still am just dumbfounded that they haven't leveraged that. Like it would it would remove all these issues. Like yeah, people could still slip out with scrap paper, but not really. It's going to be a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, anyway, who cares? Like if 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 it's a like I don't know. There's yeah, there's ways to cheat in life. Or you could like do the work and get good at it and you don't need to cheat. And you'll be better prepared for law school. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's from Ashley. All right, you ready to dive in? Thanks, Ashley. You ready Let's to dive into some personal statements? Okay. Yep. This one's from Samantha. And it says, oh, by the way, maybe a little preamble here to our um, we're continuing. This is like four episodes or five episodes in a row now where we have read people's personal statements. The Thinking LSAT podcast is not turning into personal statement podcast, but it's the time of year where if people are applying at the beginning of the cycle, which we always recommend, this is the time of year where people are really heavily interested in their personal statement. So we're happy to help as much as we can. Um. I manage the queue. I get all the emails. If you email help at thinkinglset.com, that comes to me and only me. And I appreciate uh, all of our listeners and I appreciate people writing in. But don't send us a shitty draft. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of everyone's time. Send us something that you think is like ready to go. If, if you, you're gonna you're send ready it. to turn in yeah yeah send it like send it to us as if like okay i've done my very best on this i think it's ready to go what do you guys think don't send it's it's rude i mean we were actually talking about this last time on that uh, brian garner tips thing yep when you send people if if you're going to send something for somebody to review whether that's your boss or your colleague or some random podcasters it's it's just it's like a disrespectful waste of everybody's time to send in something that is clearly not finished at all and i've lately been I, i'll look at them i mean i i don't have time to look at all of them we get too many but you're still welcome to submit help at thinkinglset.com but man, if I open that shit up and the first sentence violates all of our advice or the first sentence is not a sentence, like I open it up in Word or Google Docs and I see all yep. the blue squigglies everywhere for yeah. shit that like was automatic, like it, it caught it, Google Docs caught it immediately or Word caught it immediately. Yeah. 
Don't send that shit to anybody. Like, I don't care who it is. Yeah. Fix that shit yourself. <laughs> You're a lawyer. What are you doing? Anyway, I appreciate it when people follow our advice. Uh, my column last week, my newsletter last week was commandments mm-hmm. for, for writing a personal statement that doesn't suck. Yeah. I hope that our students and our listeners, if they're going to submit to the show, I hope that they're going to like seek out our advice and try to follow those steps before sending, before sending it into the show. Okay. I, I guess I should add to that. We just launched the personal statement tool. It's a drilling tool in the demon. So if you have a paid plan, you can go to the drill page. You can click on personal statements beta, start drilling. And what it'll do is it will give you actual sentences that we have gotten from people's <laughs> personal statements. And you have the opportunity to choose which revision is best, if any. And then we'll explain why the correct answer is correct. It's amazing. There's five options. One of them is leave it the same. One of them is cut it entirely. Three of them are different versions of the sentence to rewrite it if you were going to rewrite it. Mm -hmm. And so you can drill on personal statement content to improve the quality of your own writing. And then the explanations rehash so many rules or commandments, I guess, that we've said over and over and over on the show in the context of a specific example, which is what we're trying to do today as we read these personal statements. But now you have a chance to, you should do that if you have a paid demon account before you send in your personal statement. Okay. 10 minutes of uh, Samantha's personal statement. You ready? Yep. At my job, I help people tell their own stories. Okay. Kind of vague, it's kind a of introductory. Vague. It sounds really... a little touchy-feely too. I'm like, wait, what? Tell their own stories. What? What do you mean? So, yeah, I would. I think I would prefer just get. Let's get get to it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Don't get this high level. It's. I think people think that they're like. I need to have some mystery to invite the reader in. But not really. I'm here to learn about you. I'm not here to be. You don't need to tease me. I, like, go ahead and get down to it. Yep. Anyway, as a peer learning facili- facilitator at the UCLA Undergraduate Writing Center, I offer 60 minute appointments to work with students on improving their writing. Any reaction? <laughs> well, it's it's odd to me that this sentence is focusing on the 60-minute appointments. Right. I, is that where you offer the most value? I'm also just, just a heads up, and I, I, we've talked about this before, but when you start talking about your own writing abilities, yep. you invite the reader to be hypercritical yep. of anything you have to say. Uh because it's like, oh, you're a writer? Or you at least claim to be a writer? I don't know if I would have said things like that, yet this is what you do for your job. I'm not saying that you can't write about this topic. It's just one where you have to kill it. Right. 
And right now yeah. you're talking about your appointment time frames. I, I don't really care about you having an appointment with someone. I would like to right. know what you do. What if I got you. interrupted right now? Right. Like I did this in my last newsletter, my last yep. lesson. Mm-hmm. It was like, what if the phone rang right now and we walked away? We got called to a meeting. We're walking down the hallway thinking about Samantha, who's applying to our law school. Am I am, am I like, I can't wait to tell my colleague. Ben, you'll never believe it. We have this applicant who offers 60 minute appointments. Yep. Right. Like that's the, I mean, because that's the fact that Samantha chose to lead with. Yep. But that fact doesn't do shit. Like offering anybody can offer a 60 minute appointment. I mean, get to the story. What are you, what are you trying to tell me? Like, okay, I get it. You work at the writing center, but like the fact that you offer 60 minute appointments doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't do anything. It's not, not, not the, it's advocacy wise. You're just not leading with your best fact. Yeah. Well, this illustrates an interesting thing about writing, right? Uh, Samantha has written these two sentences clearly. The first one is short too. So she's, she's mastered maybe the stylistic side of writing. But another big side of it is the content, what you choose to yeah. write about. And that's right. where you're stumbling. Lawyers are, you're going to be an advocate. You have to advocate. Like you, you want, I, I need a burning desire to admit you to my law school. Like you, if I get interrupted after three sentences, you should have taken that opportunity to implant something in my brain that makes me think like, oh shit, Samantha's going to be really a good lawyer. She's going to kill it in law school. If I, I better admit her. Otherwise, she's going to go to my school down the road and compete with us. Yeah. But the fact that you offer 60-minute appointments is not the fact that is makes me think, oh, wow, she's going to kill it. It's probably yeah. in here somewhere. It's just you got to put it in the very beginning. Yep. All right. Third sentence says, oftentimes, students expect me to either, quote, fix their paper or confirm that it is, quote, good enough to turn in. And I bear the unfortunate news that there is not one right answer in a writing assignment. Okay, that's that's actually concerning. Um, I think oftentimes there is a right way to write a paper. So I'm not sure what you mean by that. It, it sounds a little philosophical. I'm also, well, she's doing two things at once. She's yeah. it's These are two separate issues. Her clients... You know, these poor kids that she's trying to help. Yep. Half of them are like, is it good enough to turn in? But it's a different half of them that are like, oh, just I want to fix it. Just fix mm-hmm. it. Fix it because yep. they want to turn it in. Right. The truth is these people are lazy. They're bad writers. They're not going to get any better because they don't care. And so it sounds like a pretty rough situation for her. I mean, think about the like the personal statements that we get submitted to us. Yeah. And she's probably seeing maybe worse because the people she's working with are probably not like future lawyers, but she's getting a lot of, a lot of people who like, they know they need help, but they really, all they want is like permission or a quick fix. I'll tell you right now too, I'm imagining that she's working in this writing center 
and people are basically trying to finish homework assignments. Yeah. Right? And I go back to her first sentence and I, you like raised the bar. You're like, I help people tell their own stories. It almost, I almost thought, are you like, do you work with people who are victims of domestic abuse or something like, are you going like to journalist help? or a, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like what, what you tell their story, they need to get it off their chest, but instead you're helping people do homework assignments. And now I'm like, what was that first sentence? It was, huh? It's a, it's a bit grandiose. Yep. Right. That's the problem with conclusions generally. And I guess like we read that first sentence and we thought it was vague, Mm -hmm. but it also is, it's like conclusory, right? It's, it's, you're, you're trying to pump up and I'm not saying you don't help people tell their own stories. I, I think you do. It's just that it's like this kind of grand way of putting it, which invites skepticism. And so now after three sentences, we're like, oh, wait, you help people do their homework. Like you help people, yeah. you edit, you're an, you help people edit their homework assignments. Yeah. And I'm sure that on your best days, you actually do a lot more than that. But you just got to remember that the reader is going to be super skeptical. Um, so instead of fixing the paper or confirming that it is good enough. Instead, I direct our focus to their argument and we assess it for weaknesses. As I read aloud through their draft, I pause to intentionally misinterpret a vague statement that they jump to clarify, or I ask questions that prompt them to fill in missing evidence. I remain aware of their receptiveness toward changes we make and check if they understand the rationale behind them because my goal is for the student to walk away more capable of convincing. This is a long fucking sentence. This is really long. If I was reading this out loud to you, Samantha, I would pause dramatically to get another breath as I continue this long ass sentence by the way that was an ly adverb there convincingly um anyway what are we doing now you're checking to make sure checking if they understand the rationale behind your changes because my goal is for the student to walk away more capable of convincingly conveying their point than they were before the session. Whoa, there's a lot. I don't know if you should even be saying this, but if you're going to say this, there are so many things you you can just cut, right? Well, it's uh, it's mundane and obvious. You you don't need... It's a a reference. That, by the way, was a very long-winded reference to a mental state. Your goal. She's talking about her goal. Yep. We don't care what your goal is. We care what your actions are. We also, we can infer your goals from your actions. And so if you just fucking say what you do without all this editorialization, then we would go, oh, look, she's actually teaching them to be better writers. Mm -hmm. But you're now going inside your own head to talk about your goal. And then when we read that long ass clause there of at length describing what your goal is our only response is no shit yeah of course you want to help them 
be more capable of doing this on their own. <laughs> but you didn't need to say it. You didn't need to explain that in such a long-winded way. Yeah. And then and then we got I got to go back to Ben. The second someone starts telling me about writing <laughs> in their own writing, then I just I have to get hypercritical about their writing. Yeah. Because it's like, I just, how did that sentence, that that wouldn't have made it through peer review if I was the peer reviewer. Um, okay, though this approach is slower than simply correcting their mistakes, I see the payoff when students return to me with grateful comments. They beam with pride over their newest grade and, most importantly, they start their next paper with a more logically coherent, well-supported thesis than before. I don't hate all that. I, 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 it's positive. It seems to indicate winning. I kind of wish it was more about one student. Sure. Than students in general. Well, because the, the, the students return to me, it's a little like vague or grand grandiose yeah. without like, I, 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 I think it would be better if you just gave me an example of one win I'm just struggling with the wordiness of of it all. Like I, they beam with pride over their newest grade. I, the beaming with pride, um, maybe. I, I, there's part of me that's just kind of a little bit jaded right now, though, because you've made some mistakes in your writing, and I just keep thinking about the fact that you're like pitching yourself as a writer. So it's, it's and hard by the for way, me to even like. <laughs> well. This, by the way, is like an A minus or a B plus. The writing wise, it, mm -hmm. it is better than most. It is better than most for sure. Okay. All right. So, but at the end of the first paragraph, and again, like if we got, if we got distracted at the end of the first paragraph, what do we have here? She works at the writing center. Yep. I don't know. There's not, which was on your resume. It's a lot of words for not a lot of progress, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I'm just glancing at this next paragraph, too, and it looks extraordinarily long. Yeah, she, unless I copy-pasted something wrong, which I don't think I did, she has, the whole thing is only four paragraphs. So the first paragraph was long, including some overly long sentences. And then the second paragraph is even longer than that. Let me see if I can read the whole thing, because we're, we're out of time here for Samantha, but let me... Okay. Um, I'll sure. just see if I can read the whole thing. Among other things, <laughs> that doesn't make me want to read more. There's so many well, things. Yeah. Well, like, yes, we get, obviously, among, yes, we understand that there are other things. It's you not, realize like, your job has not taught you only one thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like fucking say something. My job has taught me about the impact possible when people have the means to do the work they want to do. What are you talking about? I just hate the word impact too. Like it's so vague. I, this whole sentence. It's a what? reference to mental states. Yep. My job has taught me. People, you have to stop talking about what's going on inside your head. It's interesting to you and no one else. You just have to stop that shit. It's a commandment. 
Yeah, it's a commandment. Don't talk about your own mental states. Nothing about what you thought, nothing about what you felt, nothing about what you learned. I mean, you made your job the subject of the sentence here, by the way. So my job, what did your job do? It taught me. You're oh, so passive. your anthropomorphized job taught you a thing. But the thought, the, what did it teach you? Well, it taught me about the impact possible when people have the means to do the work they want to do, which is vague. It's a platitude. You know, it's like you're, it's, it's, it's like moralizing almost like you're, you're preaching to me about how much people can do when they have the means to do it. Well, it's a weird, like reference. The word choice means, right. is strange because now I'm thinking about financial means. Are you referring to financial means or are you referring just to, um, like the skills that they get from you when they go to the writing center? Um, I hate the word impact. It's vague, and I, I just, I don't know. Just in general, I never use it. But what impact? Like, we still don't know. It's taught you about the impact possible, what people cry now, or they celebrate. Or... Well, I think what she means to say, I mean, she's following on to her first paragraph, which is, Yeah, I get it. Once I, I teach it. people how to do this, then they're able to do it for, the, you know, teach a man to fish. It's, it's that sort of a thing. Yeah, but she hasn't said it, right? So it's just like... And well, yeah. And she's just like her, she's not the subject of the sentence. She's not taking any action. It's her job as the subject of the sentence. Yeah. Anyway, as a free service, we are more accessible than most tutors. So I see students who face the brunt of academic inequity. Okay. Now we're getting into plight of the downtrodden. When yep. we shifted to remote operation at the start of the pandemic, students shared the difficulties of their new living situations with me, either in their writing or to explain their internet instability. Wait, that's not parallel. I, I, so strange. Okay. I, I'm unhappy with the subject I, I, or the, the topic. <laughs> Right, like we're just I, sorry, Samantha. We're just coming at you at every angle. Like Nathan's that's what going you get when you content. describe yourself as a writer. <laughs> I mean, and, and and again, I I do I want to be clear. This is an A minus, B plus as far as the I'd writing that B we plus. receive. Yeah, it's this wordy. is it's on the it's on the good end though. Um, yes. but the but but content wise, subject wise, I don't give a fuck about the plight of the oh these poor. UCLA students, by the way, these UCLA. are all UCLA students. So it's like she's complaining about the situation of the other UCLA students who they the inequities, the, all these people who are complaining about their internet instability. I don't give a fuck about those people. I don't care. I'm not here to learn about those people. I'm here to learn about you, Samantha. At the time, I was serving on the undergraduate council of the UCLA Academic Senate, and I saw the, that faculty were unaware of the extent and diversity of student struggles with remote learning. Uh, to reconcile this knowledge gap and persuade administrators to act, my fellow undergraduate senators and I conducted a survey and collected 300 responses from students with testimonials of their struggles and requests for academic accommodations. Blah, blah, blah. I, <laughs> what am I going to complain about right now? <laughs> um, I don't know, actually. What are you going to complain about? Who is the reader? The reader is an admissions officer. 
who's their employer? Law school. Okay. And you're about to now launch into a story. Well, you already did launch into a story of the time that your school, the administrators didn't recognize a problem. So you went out of your way to make sure that they were, that they recognized the problem. I'm not saying I don't commend you for doing that, Samantha. But I feel like your reader is going to go, oh boy, problem. Like yeah. they don't want people who are going to fucking rabble rouse at their school. Well, the crazy thing is you could actually present this story without making it an attack at the faculty. Oh, she it. absolutely took that swipe at the administration. You don't need to do that. You could just no. say, hey, to, underst to understand the problem. Right. To help my students. This is what I did. We did this survey and then later we were able yeah. to make these changes. But this like, oh, this, the faculty, the administration. They didn't get was, it. Oh, and we had to persuade them to act. Yeah. We don't want to be persuaded. I want you to come to my school, kick ass. And shut the fuck up. I do not want you to ever try to persuade me or educate me about anything. If I'm the administrator of the school. Yeah. I don't want to hear about problems at my school. I want happy worker bees mm -hmm. who exceed, uh, who, sorry, who excel and who don't complain. <laughs> this is like, we see a lot of these where it's like, here's this rabble rousing that i did yeah and i mean it's not i don't know okay that's it we're out of time we're way over time yeah. for samantha thank you samantha that was about half of samantha's personal statement you know if i got interrupted right now we would be like well okay she worked at the writing center her writing is okay and then then this whole like well she she identified some problem and started started doing a survey and advocating for <laughs> I don't know man <laughs> causing problems for the administration is not that's not what I would be looking for as I go through this mountain of applications yeah ready for Chris yep go ahead I first considered attending law school in 2013 <laughs> All right, I'm already like, I don't want to hear about your first thought that came into your mind that you should go to law school. Um, but okay. I first considered attending law school in 2013 when I was just about halfway into my contract with the Marines. Yeah, don't omit. What's your point? It's a reference to your mental state. Yep. I don't care. No one cares. No one, no one cares when no someone had an epiphany that maybe law school, and this is not only that, it's just, it's you first considered it like probably thousands and th hundreds of thousands of people every year consider law school for a half second and then say, no, that's not for me. Okay. Chris continues. I spent, you're supposed to be selling yourself. You're supposed yeah. to be advocating for yourself. We're here to learn about you. And the moment when you first considered law school eight years ago, 
who gives a shit? But that's the first sentence. If, if we got interrupted right now, we would have learned nothing. We would, we would be like, oh, this guy, eight years ago is when he first considered attending <laughs> law school. <laughs> Who cares? That's nothing. It's not, it's not, you're not moving the ball forward. Yeah. That's a run for zero yards. Stopped at the line of scrimmage. You made no progress. Okay. <laughs> Every sentence needs to be making forward progress. Yep. Or you're actually making backward progress because that means you're wasting their time. Yeah, it's bad advocacy. Yeah. I read that and I go, okay, I haven't learned anything useful. This, you're not a good lawyer. I'm not saying that literally, but I am saying like after one sentence, yeah, you were, you were stuffed at the line of scrimmage for a two-yard loss. <laughs> what else you got? Okay, so Chris continues. I spent five years in the Marines as a Pashto? What is that? A language. Oh. Crypt cryptologic linguist before college. I would cut the before college there. I don't know why you're making so many references to time. In two sentences, we have 2013, five years in the Marines, and before college. I don't care. I care what you did. Now, being a Pashto cryptologic linguist is definitely something that I'm interested in. What so country is I've, that for Pashto? I don't know that language. I'm guessing Middle East. Hmm. I studied Pashto at the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California for 18 months between 2011 <laughs> and 2012 and graduated with honors. Okay, again, like just this whole timeline thing. Like Chris is really stuck on like Just scanning... Out. Scanning the scanning the statement, there's like so many years. There in it. are, yeah. We don't need all these years. That's not relevant. What did you do? I deployed to Afghanistan in 2014, where my job was to listen to Taliban radio communications and provide real-time intelligence to our sp supported units. Okay. Better? Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. You're, we're getting somewhere. You're using your language. Okay. Sentence-wise... What is the subject of the sentence, Ben? Ah, uh, well, it technically it is I, but the meat starts where oh, it says yeah. where, and it says where my job was. Oh, what was your job? To listen. How about you just listen? I listened to Taliban. Yeah, I deployed to Afghanistan where I listened to Taliban radio communications and provided real-time intelligence to our supported units. Why people keep doing this? They keep saying my <laughs> job was. And we can, we can tell you safely that you do not need the phrase my job was, my role was, my responsibilities were. You can just cut those yeah. always. My assignment was, my task was and you have the opportunity to really make yourself the subject of the sentence and then use an an active verb and instead people just I don't care. It's you're making your job the subject. Well, <laughs> also listen to what it does in your brain, right? When I say I listened to Taliban radio communications and provided real-time intelligence to our supported units, your brain is invited to visualize that yeah. more concretely than when someone says my job was to listen to Taliban radio communications. Yeah. Also now it's like the brain 
you may not realize that this is happening because it's happening in a split second. But when you say, I listened, I'm imagining somebody. I don't know what you look like, Chris, but I'm imagining someone in their marine gear talking or listening on a radio. When you say my job was to listen, it becomes this, it's like my mind moves out a little bit and I kind of get myself in Afghanistan, but I'm not seeing you doing that. It's weird. Yeah. You're more of a badass when you say I. I acted as an interpreter on several operations as well. Missed opportunity. I feel like you could have made interpreter or interpreted. Yes, I interpreted verb. what? And then what did you interpret? Now it's just kind right. of this vague operation. I interpreted this to that. Mm-hmm. Or I interpreted these things for this. Like, yeah, instead I acted as, I act, so acted is the verb. Yeah. I acted. What did you, what? Acting? Oh, I acted as interpreter. Yep. Okay. Like it's just a telling instead of a showing. Yep. Next paragraph. In 2015, I was the training NCO non-commissioned officer for my platoon. I bet he's never going to use NCO again. Yep. Correct. He never did. Oh, I see it. One of the, Oh, there's one more time later in the paragraph. I don't know. Again, this is, I was something. Um, fine. Yeah, I was the was is the subject of that sen- or the verb of that sentence. What did you do as right. the training NCO? Let's just talk Here about because I don't care about the title. I regularly spent 24 to 36 hours awake on training exercises, working one on one with junior Marines, ensuring that they received the attention and training they needed to do the job well, because doing, doing the job well kept Marines alive. Um, there's part of me that's a little skeptical of that. Like I get it that Marines work hard, but you, you are awake for 24 to 36 hours. Regularly. Regularly. They, they, they endorse that, that the Marines are like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to train. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, probably. I believe it. Hmm. I don't like the last bit of that. I don't like the comma because doing the job well kept Marines alive. Like I believe you. But that's just a bit of, like, that's like the pep talk. That's like the internal communications. The boo Of the Marines. Yeah. We don't need that. Say what you did. Not the why. Yeah. I was nominated for a meritorious promotion for my performance in this role and won NCO of the quarter from my battalion that summer. Okay. Points in your favor. I'm fine with it. Okay. I was Although also, I was nominated. I guess maybe that's the only way to say that, but Yeah. I you could say my performance in this role earned me a nomination or earned me a meritorious promotion. I I don't yeah. Oh wait, I mean, that but that makes my performance in the role the subject, which isn't good. I mean, I almost wonder if I would like <laughs> So it's funny, if you make this the, the, the focus of the sentence, then it has to stand on itself, right? But if you slip it in as an event, then it, it's almost like you're not trying to promote it, and, and then it has more merit because it's like, wait, what did that person just say? Like, so for example, if I had written after 
I was promoted for my perform performance in this role, comma, and then you say what you did or something mm -hmm. like that, right? All of a sudden, it's like you get to slip in the promotion, but you weren't s saying it as a sentence by itself, and so people aren't looking to that as like this like selling, but they're like, wait, did you, he got promoted? Wow, that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So anyways, there are little things like that that I would probably do differently, but I was also selected to lead a team in Australia for a three-week exercise that same year. No, I, I think I would just say that you led the team. I, I don't know that the fact that you got selected for it matters as right. much here. Well, that's and people are always talking about applying for things, mm -hmm. getting interviewed for things, getting selected for things, getting offered things, instead of just straight into what you did. I mean, if if you just said, "Tell me about the exercise." Yeah, three weeks. Tell exercise. me about leading that team. Yeah, what'd you do there? Yeah. We would then infer that at some point you were selected <laughs> to lead the team. Who the fuck's that guy? Why is he leading this team? <laughs> How did this guy get to be the leader of the team? No, yeah, we, we get all that. We don't, You don't need to go so heavy-handed into each step. Anyway, yeah. we're almost I, done with uh, time, by the way, for Chris. Got it. I left the Marines in December 2015 and started classes at the University of Minnesota in January where my studies focused on international political economy, the Middle East, and political science. I, I don't need the play-by-play. -play. Right, uh, the timeline, is that's on your resume. Like, you, you starting classes, classes at the University of Minnesota is not interesting. Every that's, applicant has started classes at some university, yes. so yep. don't say it. I studied abroad in Jerusalem for six months, again, on your resume. I was a member of the men's rowing team and the Student Veterans Association, and I interned at the Minnesota State Senate. Okay, like, again, you're just taking, like, bullet points from your resume and putting them into sentence form. Pick yeah. one of these bullet points and talk about it in depth. What did you do um, in the Minnesota State Senate? What did you do on the rowing team? Like, But although not, though, really, that's that shit's six years old. That's true. It's old. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Yeah. After graduation, I took a gap year and began to research opportunities to move overseas. Uh, you're gonna you're taking a sentence in your personal statement to tell us that you did some research to figure out where to move. Well, and I took a gap year, so that's not a point in your favor. Double space, which you haven't done before after mm. your period. And then oddly, the <laughs> ST after first on March 1st, 2020. Which but, I don't care. Yeah. Why the specificity? Like who gives a fuck if it was February 1st or March 15th or uh, what? Who cares if it was 2020 or 2019 or 2021? I, yeah, I don't. Okay. With two bags on March 1st, 2020 with two bags a signed working holiday visa, and a plan to bartend for a year. Oh, you had a plan with you? I moved to Galway, Ireland. I, I don't... We've ha we had this in the last episode. Someone told us where they moved. Yeah, I don't care. No one cares. It's like, <laughs> what did you do If you there? say, in Ireland, I did X, we figure that you moved there. Right, yeah. I, man I managed to find a room to rent... And a job at a Boo. pub in short order. Boo. 
basic life skills. But after less than a week of work, I lost my job when COVID put Ireland and the world, <laughs> FYI, into lockdown. Where are we going with this? None of Jesus. this is, is good. You got to cut all this. Talk about your work as an intelligence, basically, officer, right? <laughs> or, I don't know, an interpreter. Doing that these, sort of shit. These whole next... These next paragraphs are a complete waste. He's he's not doing anything. He's just going around. He's talking about his roommates. He he's literally he's foraging for mushrooms. That's not a good mm, image to create. I don't want to hear about you foraging for mushrooms. I love mushrooms. Psychedelic mushrooms. I love them. Yeah, I think you're not going to say idea. that in your personal statement. Not going to fucking talk about that in my law school personal statement. <laughs> I'm sure he's not even, he, I bet he doesn't. It's probably foraging for chanterelles or whatever. Not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Psilocybin, foraging but, for mushrooms. That phrase should never be in your personality. No. He, so he like took all this space to go into COVID and his gap year. And it's like, that's, again, it's just like you're running the ball up the middle and you're immediately getting smashed at the line of scrimmage. It's like not going anywhere. Um, sorry for the football metaphors today. It's all right. Um, last two paragraphs, just so people don't ever make this mistake. He writes, I have no doubt that law school and a legal career will be rigorous and taxing both mentally and emotionally, but I believe shit. (laughs) And your reader knows that so much better than you know it. It's that's an insult to a law school admissions person. Oh, really? You're telling, you know, you know, huh? You know how you know taxing how it's rigorous be? and taxing it's going to be, both mentally and emotionally. Don't talk about emotionally taxing. You shouldn't be. It shouldn't be taxing for you. Yeah. But I believe I have. De- oh, I don't care what you believe. Oh my gosh, beliefs. But I believe I have demonstrated history. A oh, sorry, I have a demonstrated history of applying myself, adapting to challenges. And succeeding in whatever I bend my effort towards. Efforts toward. Omit. I am certain that I will meet this new challenge with my usual enthusiasm and gusto. Wait, enthusiasm and gusto? Wow. Comma. And once again, succeed. Omit. You believe in yourself. That's awesome. I very much appreciate your time and consideration of my application. Omit. Omit. <laughs> okay, everything in this application, in this personal statement needs to go, and you need to, except for the stuff at the beginning, and even then, it's just you need to take and talk about your work as an interpreter. That's cool. He's, yeah, he, he's like biting off. He's, I don't know, it's, it's a bit unfortunate because the most interesting stuff that happened here was in 2014. Hey, I forgot about that. That's true. That was... Seven years ago. Yeah. I, you know, though, I think you, what's your brand going to be? You know, like, what do you want them to think about? Well, you don't have to mention too, that it was 2014. You right. You it. don't mention the timeline. You just say what you did as a crypto cryptologic linguist and a translator in Pashto in Afghanistan. If you do that, I'm going to put fatigues on you immediately. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see you as like a very hardworking, badass fucking marine in afghanistan and yep. if you make me think this dude's a marine sold that's it i don't need to know anything else like a, or a marine interpreter yeah then you're a like, linguist that's mentally 
That's mentally challenging, right? Well, yeah, you're, yeah, you're on the radio, you're risking your life. You're translating between two different things. Make, make your brand Marine interpreter. But what he did instead is he totally undercut himself by then going to the university of Minnesota. Now I'm like, Oh, he's a college kid. Yeah. And then even worse gap year, Ireland, weirdly talking about foraging for mushrooms with his roommate. <laughs> and I, and then I'm like, okay, so spacey college kid on vacation. <laughs> like you need to keep all that shit out of it. And let me just picture you as a Marine. If I got interrupted and I was like Marine. Okay, great. Probably in mm-hmm. spacey college kid foraging for mushrooms. Probably out. All right. Ready for a different Chris's personal statement. Yeah. Chris is one of our students right now in the demon. Um, I really like Chris. He, he participates in class and uh, like a familiar face that I really enjoy. And he, you know, he sent this email and was like, I've, I think I've followed your advice, but you know, let me have it. And then uh, I open it up. And the very first phrase I see after graduating college in 2014, <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay so you're seven years out of college i would love to picture you if i didn't know you chris i would love to picture you as an adult person yep but instead you go out of your way to go back to 2014 and mention college specifically yep so that you make yourself look like every other college kid don't you make me think of you as an adult yep Anyway, then (laughs) it's like people have to violate all the commandments at once. (laughs) After graduating college in 2014, I accepted a job at Enterprise Rent-A-Car as a management trainee, MT, in the Morristown, New Jersey branch. Don't care that it was in New Jersey. Don't care that it was in Morristown, New Jersey. Don't care that you accepted a job. Don't care when it was. Nope. So lots of facts there that I don't give a fuck about. I would love to hear what you do at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Even then, though, it's like that was seven years ago. Are you still there? Yeah. I, I get to the winning part. Yep. Each month... The management trainees, MT, he, he abbreviated MTs, <laughs> which I don't, uh, you could just say management trainee, like no one else in the world would ever have MT as a thing. Mm-mm. I think maybe you could just say trainees, trainees, by the way, has two syllables. MTs has two syllables. You're not actually saving any breath by this abbreviation. I kill the abbreviation, Chris. Yeah. Each month, the MTs were ranked on the matrix what's the matrix you might ask well that's a combination of categories that pitted my personal and branch numbers against the other mts in my region oh man the subject of that sentence is the mts what 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 did the mts do well they they didn't do anything actually they were ranked (laughs) by whom we don't fucking know I mean, you know, Mr. Enterprise, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, you're not blowing my mind, Chris. Like, wait, what? The, the, the trainees were ranked. (laughs) 
I'm sure you're going to get around to you were ranked highly. You could have just said that. Anyway, the most consequential categories on the matrix were customer service and sales. Let me ask you this, Ben. Hmm. What action has Chris taken in the first paragraph of his personal statement? Uh, he accepted a job. That's all he has done in three sentences, an entire first paragraph. He accepted a job. Yep. And I have his resume. I mean, I don't literally, but as a, if I was evaluating his application, I would have his resume and it would have this job on the resume. So in one paragraph, he has told me nothing useful. Yeah. Second paragraph. To show my potential as a future leader, I needed to rank in the top 50% of the matrix. That... <laughs> That's like kind of a low bar at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be in the top half of our management yeah. trainees. Okay. Two spaces between Yeesh. that first and second sentence instead of one. I washed and staged rental vehicles at 6 a.m. to make sure we had a fleet ready to exceed our customers' expectations when our doors opened at 8. Uh... I like washing cars at 6 a.m. I don't need the rest of that. Like, this is that rah-rah. Uh, it's the same shit that uh, other Chris was doing for the, about the Marines, right? <laughs> Where he's like... To exceed our customers' expectations. Right, okay. to keep Marines alive and to, keep, to exceed our customers' expectations. It's like, we don't need the sales. We don't need the internal like the, the rah-rah training video that they made you watch. We don't need that. No, well, the other problem here is it's enterprise rent a car, right? This is a pretty <laughs> like everybody who has ever rented a car, and by they're all the same, right? To any normal person, it's yeah. Like, Alamo, oh, rental cars. You mean yeah. the very worst possible customer service? Yeah, you show up and you're expecting to get an SUV, and they're like, "Oh, all we have available is a <laughs> mini sedan." You're like, "Shit." So, yeah, and don't get me wrong, Chris. I'm sure that you did actually exceed the customer's expectations. I'm sure you did a great job. I'm sure your branch kicked ass. I, I totally believe all that. But yeah, the reader is like fucking rental cars. I, that's the, no nobody's expectations. I mean, if my expectations were exceeded, it's only because my expectations were so low. Yeah. Um, oh, you had my car and it was clean and it didn't smell like someone had just smoked in it. Great. Yeah, and it didn't take me fucking 45 minutes to get my car. <laughs> um, anyway, I worked our long-term rentals after closing to keep customers ahead on charges. What? Hmm. And reduce our risk exposure. I don't understand what that means. Most importantly, I learned how to persuade customers to do what very few people renting a car want to do, colon, spend more money. Okay, so it's a sales job. We all and we all know that. Yep. Go to the rental car. They annoyingly try to sell you a hundred things you don't want. Yep. And I don't actually hate that as a theme, just because half of lawyering is sales. Objections were expected. Every day, I was told, "I just want the cheapest car you have." In response, I asked questions, listened, and used the new information to show the value of upgrades. Quote, oh, he's quoting himself. You're traveling with your family to Virginia? Why don't we go check out an SUV instead of that sedan you booked? It'll be more comfortable for your kids and has plenty of room for luggage. 
what are you thinking? I could go either way. I don't I I, I don't hate it. I don't really like the self quote, but what are you thinking? Well, it's easy enough to read. Um Yep. Okay. Let's see where he goes. Okay. A minus easy to read. Fine. My results came quickly. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like a conclusion. It's not, there's no, nothing there. Yeah. I was ranked the number one MT in Northern New Jersey in just my second month, comma. And I followed that result with another number one ranking just two months later, less than a year from my start date. Hmm. Probably after, right? Less than a year after my start date. I was promoted to assistant branch manager, ABM, of a 200-car branch. Okay, does he use ABM again? I don't think so. No, he does not. I think we got to kill all of these abbreviations. Okay. Number one ranking, got a promotion. These are points in Chris's favor. Yeah, you know, it's With established management experience. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I wish he got here faster. I think um, I am getting a little bored. Well, we don't need the journey. We don't like if you just start at the top, we would then infer at some point you graduated from college and applied, went through probably some training, whatever. Like we don't think that you got your job at the top by being bad at the lower levels. So if you just start at the top, we would be like, oh, cool. Wow, this guy's like a regional whatever at Enterprise. That's actually good. That's big. That's like means something. Yeah. But but instead, he has to take it all the way back to training and washing cars and stuff. It's like, I don't know. No, actually, that's a good point. I see later in this sentence or this paragraph, he says, my current role is accounting supervisor. If you just said... I do X, right? And you're talking about something you do now as an accounting supervisor. I would immediately see you as a grown up who has a job that requires some know how, math, whatever. And that's the impression I would have of you right away. But yeah, these whole, f- the first four paragraphs can just go. You, you end up in a big job. Just tell us about your big job. Yep. With with established management experience and a degree in finance, I saw an opportunity to further my career with a move to the business management BM department. Ooh, that's not a <laughs> stop abbreviate stop these abbreviations. We don't or whatever they are. We don't need them. Yeah. Also doesn't need to be capitalized. Business man business management department. Don't capitalize yep. business management department. I was promoted to staff accountant, also capitalized, which it shouldn't be, in late 2015, and I have remained on the business management team for the past six years. It's so weird. He used BM before and then went back to business management. Yeah, he like gave us the abbreviate, went out of his way to give us the abbreviation, then doesn't use the abbreviation. Just kill all these abbreviations anyway and stop capitalizing everything. My current role is accounting supervisor of Eastern New Jersey and Newark Airport, a region with over 8,000 vehicles and 35 million in net profit. You could have led out with that. Yep. You know, I am the accounting supervisor. I'm enterprise rent-a-car 
a county supervisor for Eastern New Jersey, New Jersey and Newark airport. I manage a budget. I mean, we manage a fleet of 8,000 vehicles and report $35 million in net profit. If you had led with that, I would see you wearing a suit. Yep. You know, like you would look like a lawyer to me if you let out with the, the numbers, like the big business part. You'd look like a grown up. You started with yourself in college washing cars at 6 yeah. a.m. in the morning. And there's nothing wrong with washing cars and, and all that. Like the basic stuff can be good too. But when you have this experience that is at the top of the mountain, just just let's just go straight to the top of the mountain. Yep. In that metaphor, accounting department at Enterprise Rent a Car is the top <laughs> of the mountain. But I mean, you, but you see my point. It's like, hey, we're we're gonna look at this for like three minutes. In real life, we're gonna look at it for three minutes. What's your brand? Is your brand college kid? Is your brand applying for a trainee position? Or is your brand managing $35 million in net profit? I think the latter is what we should probably be going for. If you've got that on your resume, you know, if that's, a, if that's a fact, like lead with that fact. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of personal statements are read and the first sentence is that good. And maybe even, well, and presumably the next few, but I could see people reading the first sentence and being like, okay, account manager over $35 million in net profit. The numbers, LSAT score, GPA is already good enough. This person is fine. Like in. I, yeah, I, in. I don't need to read anymore. I'm busy today. I just wanted to make sure this person wasn't a loon. Yeah. And the, but the big problem here is that if we got interrupted two or three paragraphs in, we would see a trainee at Enterprise Renter Car. Renter car. Yep. Talking and quoting himself, quoting himself, which <laughs> don't do that. But if you cut the first four paragraphs here, and if you just immediately start as assistant branch manager of a 200 car branch, or actually no, the next job after that. And by the way, this was in 2015 that you got promoted to staff accountant. Then you got promoted after that to accounting supervisor. Just start with the most recent job and tell me what you do. He then goes into solving a problem at his current in his current role. Great. Which would be great. But the, I don't know why the lengthy whole four paragraph rehash of college up to the present moment. We don't need that. We just, I think he's proud of now? what he's done. Right. But which he should be. Let's start with your strongest foot forward. You, you don't have time to give him your, in fact, that's a super common. Now that I'm going back to legal writing consulting. I remember you start with your strongest argument. Yeah. And then you you do follow up with your weaker arguments if necessary. Even it's the the format is even if, you know, you don't accept X, you have to consider this other thing too. Yeah. <laughs> You're covering your bases, but that's, you know, that's for legal advocacy, but either way, the point is you start with your strongest argument. Yes, start at the top. Like you know, let's imagine that we were getting the application of uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Do you know who Dwayne The Rock Johnson is? Of course. Remember, okay. I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> The Rock. If The Rock is applying for basically anything, all he needs to do is, like, send a picture of himself today. Mm -hmm. That's it. You win. 
you're the rock like you that's it yep. like show me the 400 pound gigantic sculpted you know killer that yep. you are yep don't go back to the puny like you know imagine if if it was like in junior high i was a scrawny whatever and like give me four paragraphs of like every workout that he ever did on the way to becoming the rock or even like a weird picture from him just out of college right like oh this is when i started wrestling yeah. or something it's like like uh, we don't need okay. the before just give us the after <laughs> like, yeah. let's focus on the oh, like, now you're a movie producer okay shit yeah like legitimately probably could run for president and get a lot of votes like i probably would be seriously interested in voting for that guy you know like let's let's but but like you could just start with the winning like mm -hmm. we only have three minutes if we have three minutes and we just see the rock we're like yep great <laughs> i don't need, like, yeah you don't need to tell me about all of the push-ups you did on the way you know oddly chris's statement right before this started with a winning argument his role as a pashto crypto logic linguist that was the other chris yeah oh the one before yeah before this right yeah the yes. other chris yet yeah, then went oddly <laughs> down the mountain and start right. talking about random shit. It's like start with your winning argument and stay there and yeah. tell us and about they, it. Both Chris's are doing. They keep mentioning years. Yep. You don't need to picture. We don't care when the picture came from. Yeah. You you can get, give us a snapshot. the The snapshot of Chris number one needs to be in military in the in the Marine fatigues in a tent in Afghanistan listening to doing cryptologic linguistics yep drop the microphone that's it like put make that be the picture that's the brand yep right if we have the polaroid i want the polaroid of chris number one fatigues on the radio translating pashto yep the polaroid of chris number two i want it to be in the corporate offices doing accounting supervision for a fleet of 8,000 vehicles and $35 million in net profit. I would admit both those guys. I would look at the snapshot and I would go, yep, yep, yep. On to the next. And now you've buried it. Yeah. Okay. That's it for Chris. Ready for Joe? Last yep. one. Mm -hmm. I educate and entertain whiskey enthusiasts at a craft distillery in Nashville. Love it. Okay. I love I can it because see you in action uh, working with yep. these people. Yep. I love it because it, it, the subject of the sentence is I, mm -hmm. the verbs there, it's two verbs, educate and entertain, which is, I, I will allow you the use of both of those verbs because they don't mean the exact same. Yes. Thing. They're different. Right. And <laughs> right? educate brings in this like, okay, you're doing something sort of substantive. You're not just entertaining whiskey right. enthusiasts, but right. there's also this lightheartedness to it. You're not just some, bookworm standing up there being boring the use of those two words w yep. work well together i agree love it and it's i now i feel like you're going to give me a picture of what it looks like i'm imagining that your you know your most recent job is working at this craft distillery in nashville whether or not i'm into whiskey it's a world i don't know anything about and so you you guiding me through this world yeah i'm very interested in hearing more about you what you do at the distillery sure okay 
I lead groups of 20 through our production facility. Okay. First, I show them our grain mill, and I liken the mashing process to brewing a cup of tea. Mm. It's a little clunky of a sentence there. Yeah. Also, I don't know that you need to try to explain to me the whole distillation process. I don't need you, to be educated and entertained on no. whiskey. <laughs> no, I'm here to learn about you. I'm there there to learn about whiskey. Yeah. I'm here to learn about you. Yeah. I don't need you I, to tell me that you liken the mashing process to brewing a cup of tea. I don't, not helping anything. Yeah. I explain how we ferment the grain, creating mash and then distill and then distillers beer. Okay. They see our pre-prohibition era still, which evaporates and condenses the liquid to isolate the liquor. I describe barrel aging and the nuances of whiskey classification. Finally, I guide patrons through a sampling of our spirits, dissecting, tasting, wait, am I saying that right? Dissecting tasting notes and encouraging bottle sales. This past fall, I won our annual sales competition by selling seven cases of seasonal whiskey in two months on my tours. Okay. You could trim some fat out of that. Yeah, you can get to the chase a little faster, but I'm also not sure. What do you think? Yeah. Well, just uh, the whole mashing process, fermentation, the still. I don't need any of that. I mean, I could a little bit. You take them on a tour. A little bit could be nice. Right here, I describe barrel aging and the nuances of whiskey classification. Notice that's a little more high level. It's That uh, sentence is yeah, fine. I yeah. describe barrel aging and the nuances of whiskey classification. That's fine. The two sentences preceding that, or three yeah. sentences preceding that, are too much. They're too much into the detail. You're actually teaching your yeah. reader as opposed to saying what you did. Um, this is. I, what do you think about this seven cases thing? I mean, I get it. You won, but it, it was, I would just leave it this past fall. I won our annual sales competition period. Yeah. Cause then I would probably think like if someone said, Hey, how many uh, cases of whiskey do you think Joe sold? I'd be like, Joe Joe won the annual sales competition. I'd be like, I don't know. A couple hundred. Yeah. But yeah, (laughs) instead it's seven cases, like the seven cases. Yeah, totally. It's a detail that undercuts your story. So just, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, obviously it's a lot because apparently you won, but I, it do, doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah. And if they're like $200 bottles inside these cases, then it could add up to like some serious money. But the point is you won the sales competition, period. Yep. The rest of it we don't need. Okay. New paragraph. Before I arrived, our 100-year-old building had become overrun with feral cats. Whoa. I don't need to know about that. What um, now? <laughs> that's a, that's uh, I was not expecting to read about feral cats this morning. Ask okay. yourself this, Joe. Uh, if someone read that, would they be like, okay, admit Joe. Right. Almost all your sentences, if not all of them, should be a point in your favor. Right. That's not a point in anybody's favor. They inter- It's about the building, too. Who gives a shit? It's like, yeah. it didn't have anything yeah. to do with you. They interfered with whiskey production and intimidated some bar patrons. Okay, still not about you. I hate fucking cats, dude. Especially feral cats. I'd be like, peace. No way I'm hanging out in that bar. But what's the point? (laughs) Yeah. 
we have to admit Joe because Joe used to work at a place that was overrun with feral cats. <laughs> no one ever said that. So that part could probably be omitted. Anyway, there's going to be a couple more paragraphs here about the cats. I asked a colleague at the Nash- Nashville Cat Rescue for advice. They suggested trapping, neutering, or spraying, and releasing... Spain. Spain? Oh, sorry. Then, <laughs> I'm adding in letters. Neutering or spaying, and then end releasing TNR, the cats. No idea what... Oh, TNR stands for trapping, neutering, and, and releasing. releasing. What? Can we revoke everybody's... <laughs> We don't need acronyms. Yeah, we don't need shorthand. Your reader doesn't is not in this world, so just leave it. I realize that you... Def- That's so weird. Okay. I researched TNR clinics and discovered that most shelters and humane societies in the area were at capacity. Finally, finally, I don't know that we're coming to the end here, but finally, Pet Community Center which is in caps, agreed to provide training, traps, and veteran, veterinarian services at no cost. I requested funding from the distillery owner for food and supplies to construct shelters. I met with the building manager who permitted me to place traps after hours. I hate this. I, I, it, makes me, it makes me like itchy. I don't want to hear about feral cats. Well, I don't want to hear about you too. placing traps. I don't want to hear about you getting funding for this project. I like. I couldn't be less interested in this. Well, anecdote. it's it, it's strange because you're sell. It's almost like overselling, Joe. When you say I requested funding from the distillery, right, I applied oh. to Congress to get funding for the yeah. What it's, the owners should be interested? Like, if I were the owner, I'd be like, "What are you doing to get rid of them?" Great. Like it's not funding. The owner's like, yeah, here's some money. Let's take care of this problem. It's a business expense. I would cut this whole thing. It's it. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. I mean, I get it that it was a problem. I'm glad you solved the problem. It's just not the problem I want to hear about. I, I, it's not a grown up. It's it's not grown up enough for me. Yep. It's this weird, like, oh, I love animals sort of vibe here. Right. Is, that's the, that's the, what I think it is that's really getting to, getting at me here is yeah. like, I was happy to see you as an educator, entertainer, salesperson. I was like, ooh, that sounds good. That's a winner. I love that. But then you take a four paragraph diversion into, oh, these poor feral cats and <laughs> the shelters were full. And uh, it's like, oh, come on. Let's get to the next, get to the winning part. Ain't no winning involved with feral cats. And this is is a weird thing too. For two months, I fed the cats nightly after work. Boo. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. Yeah. Like what? You're you're actually feeding these fucking things? Like if I'm the boss, I'm thinking like, well, your bosses must love that. Yep. You're encouraging them to stay here. That's what it sounds like. I'm sure that's not the truth, but for two months. For two fucking months, you fed these cats? Okay. After observing them, I decided to set baited cage traps for adults and dropped traps to catch the kittens in small groups. Uh, I don't want to hear about you. This is gross. It's disgusting. I do not want to hear about this. I remained on site and watched for the four adults and six kittens to 
uh, wait, what? And watched the four adults and six kittens walk into the traps. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. This needs to all go. I well, tra- now it's like you're overselling, too, because I, I, this hundred-year-old building, when you said that it was overrun with feral cats... It turns out to be 10. <laughs> it turns out to be 10 total cats, four adults and six kittens. That's not enough to justify overrun. Yeah. Um, uh, Look, Joe, this is a poor choice of anecdote. I this, cut this whole thing. Yeah. Oddly enough, you know, I would say Joe is a stronger writer than Samantha, um, our writing center tutor. Mm. Your sentences are short. They're clear, but you're struggling with the same problem that Samantha had. You're actually everyone on today's show. You're, you're choosing the wrong things to focus on. Yeah. Okay, I transported them to Pet Community Center where they were neutered. Yeah, yeah, skip that paragraph. Keep going. Soon after I solved our cat problem, a new manager arrived. I taught him our point-of-sale system and our tour booking software. When he needed to hire three new employees, I gave him referrals, reviewed resumes, and arranged interviews. I took over client bookings and edited the tour schedule hourly as customers made new requests and cancellations. Okay, all this is fine. Let's get to the next paragraph. That's all good. That's all like I did stuff at work. That's all fine. Many tour guides did not receive adequate training due to the shift in management. Don't really want to hear about that. I, you were just taking credit for training. Help. Yeah. yeah, like you can't have it both ways. You're like, I, I told our new manager what was up. I was in charge of everything. And then in the very next paragraph... Many of them, though, didn't get adequate training because of the shift in management. That wasn't my fault. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was the shift in management, not what I did to solve that problem. Well, then your solution didn't work. Right. Um, there were false rumors that the logo was a Reservoir Dogs ripoff. Okay. Uh, that what? comes out of no, like, completely comes out of nowhere. Yeah. What logo... <laughs> I thought we were talking about tour guides training. <laughs> well, what does that have to do with new management? Presumably the logo has been around forever. False rumors? <laughs> Spread by who? What are we talking about? And it's like, and, and then it's like, now, see, that is, last week we were talking about no drama Obama. Yeah. This is the exact opposite of no yeah, drama. False. That's rumors. like looking for drama. Yeah. False rumors about our logo. I don't fucking care. What did you do? What did you, did you solve a problem? Did you, and, and this is just now it's like problems. all over the place, right? I'm a great salesperson, but then four paragraphs of me rescuing cats. Then a new manager came in and I totally showed him what's up, except for it didn't really work on the training part. And then a weird uh, diversion into false rumors about what? (laughs) He continues, the rye whiskey mash. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. I thought we were talking about a logo. The rye whiskey mash recipe. That's a lot of adjectives for that noun. Was misrepresented as 100% rye grain. I don't. Oh, I get it now. Okay, well, I, I'm actually more confused. It's the tour guides 
who are spreading the false rumor that the logo was a Reservoir Dogs ripoff. It's the tour guides who are misrepresenting the rye whiskey mash recipe as 100% rye grain. In the next oh. sentence, it continues. This is still the bad training. Got it. Oh, that's probably, you know what the problem here is, is that second sentence said there were. Right. The subject Who of that did sentence it? was yeah. there Where's were? the subject huh? of the sentence? Right, yeah. exactly. It would have been a lot clearer if you just dropped in the tour No, guides. it's passive voice. The second sentence yeah. too. The rye whiskey mash recipe was misrepresented as 100% rye grain. There's uh, an anonymous yeah. subject. Or that you made the rye whiskey mash recipe the subject of that sentence. What yeah, what no was actor. what did it do? It didn't do anything. It was misrepresented. Misrepresented by whom? <laughs> I was imagining, like I think you were from the beginning, that these rumors or these false rumors were floating around from like customers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, on oh. Instagram or it's like people oh. are spreading false rumors about us online. <laughs> They're talking shit about it. I no, it's it's your own <laughs> It's oh, like, great. So you're shitting on your training even more. It's not good. The people that you hired. Yeah. Okay. When describing our gin, some would share that the botanicals were seeped, steeped, sorry, rather than vapor infused during distillation. I correct So it. this is shitting on other people for saying wrong things. That you trained. This is not good. No. I corrected my coworkers after their customers left, but I decided our new hires needed more complete training. You could skip Don't care all what this. you decided. Yeah. yeah. I asked our lead distiller to re-educate me on the founder's journey from home brewing to distillery ownership. Okay, now you're saying you yourself didn't know. I asked for clarification about how our co copper pot still differs from modern hybrid still. Our, sorry, differs from our modern hybrid still. Uh, okay, you asked questions. I arranged for her to present at a staff meeting. Uh, okay. If anyone was not able to attend, I conducted mock tours and provided them with extra training before their shifts until everyone was presenting consistent tours. I enjoyed improving my local distil distillery and using precision to ensure accurate tours. I will Using precision? <laughs> using precision. Precisely? I will, he wanted to avoid, avoid an L-O-I word. I will continue to advoc advocate. Please, everyone, you are not allowed to use the word advocate in your personal statement. There are always better words. Yeah. And it just sounds like you're trying to be like a lawyer. It's just a conclusion anyway. This whole sentence, I mean. I will continue to advocate for my community and communicate deliberately in law school and as a lawyer. Oh, so we were supposed to walk away from this personal statement thinking you're a deliberate communicator. I don't think that I got that until you said that at the end and it was All just right. a conclusion. Polaroid for Joe. I would love to see Joe. I, the first sentence was the best. <laughs> I wish yeah. I would have only read that. Yep. I educate and, enter and entertain whiskey enthusiasts at a craft distillery in Nashville. The rest of this sucks compared to that. That was great because it's like I see Joe behind the bar. I see Joe smiling, laughing, teaching. I see happy customers. I liked the sales bit at the end of that paragraph. I want the Polaroid of Joe to only include 
selling or teaching. I want happy customers buying everything with Joe from Joe. That's what I want. Look, I actually don't mind two Polaroids in this personal statement. The second one being Joe training these new hires. But, but get to the winning on that. Yeah. Like focus solely on the winning of that. The success. Yes. You, what you did, Joe, it's not about all the problems. It's about the, it's about the cases and cases and don't say how many cases, cause it's going to sound like a low number, but it's all the fucking whiskey that you were able to sell you and the trainees that you trained awesomely. Like you yep. kicked ass. So you were so good. Polaroid number one, winning sales competitions, happy customers, smiling, laughing, throwing money at you, like dying to get their wallet out. Yep. That's Polaroid number one, Polaroid number two. You're able to make that same thing happen with the trainees. The cats got to go. All the misguided, the rumors and the bad information got to go. Yep. Get to the winning part. If you feel the need to explain why you're doing some sort of training, you can always say to avoid misinformation or to avoid misunderstandings. You can do that though. You can, right? Like it's, it's 10 times better than spending all this time explaining that. I, I could it's see a, it, please. Sure. But like half a sentence instead of that's a, a half full a sentence fucking paragraph. To avoid misunderstandings or to, right. and then you're, and then you're immediately going into what you yeah. did to resolve those problems. Yeah. You got to think about it. They're really literally, I think they're going to look at this for three fucking minutes. They're yep. going to skim it. They're going to read it fast once. They're going to walk away from this and not think of you as an enter, as a, as a educator and entertainer for whiskey enthusiasts. They're going to think of you as the feral cat guy. Yeah. This is the feral <laughs> cat lady for sure. This is like the, my, yeah. Like what wrap it up? I don't know. Feral cats, like spent two months feeding them, <laughs> stayed there and watched them fall into the traps. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Then, then also the whole thing about the rumors and stuff, it like looks like a problem kind of like causing problems, finding pro cause I was confused. Like I didn't understand what you were even saying. Yeah. Um, weirdly taking swipes at the new manager who doesn't really know shit, the trainees who are making these errors. We don't need to hear about all these, all these fails. We need to hear about you winning. So focus on the successful tours and sales and training other people to do the exact same thing and just make it all about the wins. Yeah. I want to know where this distillery is. I want to go check it out. I want a hat. All right. You're going to wrap it up there. Yep. Cool. You can be ELSAT famous. Uh, You can get on an upcoming show by emailing help at thinking ELSAT.com. I do uh, receive all those emails and I will get kind of pissed. Honestly, if you send me a shitty draft, I don't want to read a draft. I want to read what you think is the final product. Like put as much time and effort into it as you can, then send it to me and Ben. We'd be happy to help you, but you got to help yourself first. And when we see people who continually break all of our advice and send us shit with spelling and grammar errors and that kind of thing, it's not, that's not the best use of anybody's time. So please, like, if you want to submit, please do, but make it as good as you can make it before you send it to us, please. Here. Um, yeah. yeah. And to add to that, let me give you some places where you can go. One, 
You can search for previous podcasts. The three right before this were all about personal statements, so you can listen to those. Episode Two, 310 through this one, 313, yeah. Yep, 310 to 313. Two, you can go to blog.lsatdemon.com. That's available to anyone. And at the very top of that page, you'll see a search icon. You just click on the search, and it will pop up a bunch of tags. Click the personal statement tag. And you'll get all the articles that Nathan has written about personal statements. And by the way, we've worked together on some of those, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> we, we want to help you, but we need you to help yourself first using all of the resources that we hopefully have provided. I mean, like, think about it. You're asking us for our help. Okay. Well, like we could please take advantage of <laughs> all of the resources that we have already given you don't just it's lazy it's lazy ben when people are just like oh i just want to know if you had any tips oh i just want to know what you think it's just a draft i mean is this like going in the right direction it's just a draft and then i read it and it's like violates explicitly it's like they're trying to break every one of the commandments in the very first sentence yeah and it's like all right well okay you're asking what do you want me to do i'm gonna tell you i'm not i'm not gonna sugarcoat it like I'm going to send it back to you after reading one sentence and I'm going to tell you, I only read the first sentence and it violates all of our advice. Yep. I mean, that's, you didn't put more time into it than that. So that's all the time we're going to be able to put into it. Um, okay. So I the, mean, yeah, yeah. The third, third place you can go is you, if you're a paid demon student, you can go to the drill page at the bottom of the drill page. You'll see our personal statements drill drill tool. And you can drill actual sentences from other people's personal statements and fix them and then That's learn amazing. from their mistakes. Beautiful. If you have questions about the LSAT demon, uh, you could go to lsatdemon.com and sign up for a free account and check it out. You could also email help at lsatdemon.com if you have any questions about our fee waiver program or any any questions about billing or how the whole thing works. We have uh, like basically the best customer service team in the world at help at lsatdemon.com. Anything else, Ben? That's it. That was episode 313 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school. Okay.